Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Under God and together we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great Friends, pro-life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life, one of the largest pro-life organizations in the world. Based here in Titusville, Florida, we come to you with a program tonight encouraging you to continue to support law and order and our law enforcement personnel. In fact, we're going to do that tonight, not just by talking about it, but by bringing you an interview that I recently conducted right here at this desk with our local sheriff here in Brevard County, Florida. Very, very popular man. Uh, Sheriff Wayne Ivey visited our headquarters recently. Uh, We're going to pray for him. We're going to listen to him. And uh, really, he is a model for sheriffs across the country. And he's got some great ideas uh, to share with us, including some very practical ones about doing what you are all already so committed to do, and that is backing our law enforcement. Uh, as usual, let's start with the Word of God. Oh, and then after that, I want to talk something about what he, he wanted. He wanted to talk about judges. And uh, then I'll, I'll expand on his comments afterwards and uh, talk a little bit about Uh, judges and also about, uh, well, some ways that that our government is pushing back against the uh, Biden administration. We'll talk about that in a moment. Let's go to the Word of God in John chapter 7. We have this uh, passage starting in verse 16. Jesus answered, My teaching is not my own, but his who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory, but the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true, and in him there is no falsehood. Has not Moses given you the law, yet none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? The crowd answered, You have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? Jesus answered them, I did one deed, and you all marvel at it. Moses gave you circumcision, not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision, so that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me because on the Sabbath I made a man's whole body well? Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. Let us pray. Father, what a gift right judgment is for your people. What a gift to have judges who judge rightly in our courts, local, state, federal. We thank you for President Trump's accomplishment of giving us hundreds of judges who judge justly and three Supreme Court justices who, though none of them is perfect, 
have brought us some tremendous victories in this nation. Lord, we pray for judges, especially that those on the local level will enable us to maintain and preserve law and order. We thank you for all our law enforcement personnel. And we ask, Lord, that the voters will have the wisdom to elect judges who are going to support them in their critical task for our safety. We invoke your spirit upon all judges or your spirit upon all sheriffs, your spirit upon our guest today, your spirit upon all first responders, law enforcement officers, and enable us, Lord God, by that same spirit to encourage them and to work together with them for the safety of our families and our communities. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, here in Brevard County, Florida, we are blessed to have one of the most popular, well-liked, influential sheriffs. Uh, he, uh, there is a no-nonsense attitude here uh, uh, in Florida overall, uh, and in our county uh, in particular. No-nonsense, zero-tolerance attitude towards crime. And, uh, and, and the whole arena of law enforcement is something that is regarded so positively here in our country, not just because of our principles, uh, as we talk about all the time, not just because we know that we are at a point in our country now where uh, the elections are really about either, either law and order on the one side or absolute chaos and abandonment of law and order on the other side, uh, but because of the way that they conduct their jobs. And as you'll see, I had the opportunity to sit down right here in our studios with Sheriff Wayne Ivey. Uh, he takes not just honor in his job, he takes pleasure in it. And uh, he makes sure that uh, there is a spirit of such, such positivity uh, in uh, all of those who work under him to protect us uh, here in this community. So let me introduce you to uh, this wonderful sheriff and uh, get, uh, give you a sense of the way he thinks, the way he conducts his job, and how he is indeed an example for sheriffs across America, Sheriff Wayne Ivey. Well, friends, as promised, I am joined today by Sheriff Wayne Ivey, and it is a great privilege. Sheriff, welcome to Priests for Life. Thank you, sir. You Thank know, you for having me. We moved in here in 2017, and uh, every, every day since then, we have been just so proud of having you here as our sheriff, the work you've done, the popularity you enjoy among our people, it's a blessing. And thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, thank you, sir. I, I'll tell you, um, like I say to everyone else, I'm surrounded by an amazing team. They do all the work out there. I just get out of their way. They, uh -huh. do, they do incredible stuff. They they know how much this community means to them and to their families. And mm -hmm. um, they know our community loves us. And so, man, we're blessed. We, uh, we, we love it here. Well, tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be in the position you have now. Oh, man, how long do we got? So, uh, <laughs> you know, so... I, um, I actually uh, started as a young man at the age of 18 years old, uh, working for a sheriff's office here in the state of Florida, Clay County Sheriff's Office. Started my career in corrections and uh, um, uh, worked, worked my way out onto road patrol with another agency, the Putnam County Sheriff's Office. And then uh, spent about seven years with them and then went back to Clay County, mm. uh, worked in major case narcotics back then. And then uh, in 1993, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement uh, recruited me and hired me as a special agent. And I spent 20 years with them and wow. uh, uh, was able to uh, mature in the agency and, and uh, ended my career with them as 
um, the resident agent in charge for both uh, Volusia County Field Office in Brevard mm-hmm. and uh, had a had an amazing career along the way. All of those things, you know, um, as I tell everybody, um, you don't shape your career. Um, your career shapes you. It shapes and, you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there were there were a few things along the way that I wanted to be. Um, I applied for several positions uh, uh, within FDLE as uh, the assistant special agent in charge. And uh, um, God had a different plan for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had applied for one in Miami, one in Jacksonville, one in Orlando. But um, God, God had his plan for me to be sheriff here. And so uh, it, it worked. And here we sit. Um, here we and, sit. Uh, I love it. I mean, I, I, I couldn't be happier. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me professionally in my life. Mm-hmm. We're glad you're here. You know, uh, you and I have chatted briefly about the importance of judges. Uh, good law and order, good law enforcement in our communities depends on folks who are in your position, depends on our local officers, but it also depends on judges, doesn't it? Tell it, us about it really the, does, the impact you know? that, of judges. Yeah, so it's kind of a, a stair step. So you, you want to have law, law enforcement that's, you know, totally focused on law and order. That's right. what this country was founded on. Right. And uh, so you you want those law enforcement officers that are going to do what I call protecting the three C's, uh, protecting our citizens, our cops and our constitution. And uh, uh, the, the second tier in that, the second stair, if you will, or step is the state attorney. And uh, um, we're fortunate. We have a state attorney here in Brevard County that that partners with us to uh, do two things. One, take bad people off our streets. Mm-hmm. And two, identify those that have fallen off the path that have maybe an addiction uh, issue versus a, a criminal um, uh, background where they're just constantly selling drugs. You know, right. um, uh, we work to get those that need help, help those that don't want help. And those that are absolute criminals peddling poison out on our street or mm-hmm. with evil in their heart, we work to put them away. Yeah. But the judges, as you said, the judges are one of the most intricate parts of protecting our community. Uh, if you look at what's happening in other parts of the country where um, uh, judges that don't believe in holding people accountable for their actions are putting bad people back out on the street, whether mm-hmm. they're putting them back out on the street with ridiculous low bonds or they're putting them back out on the street with non uh uh, prison sentences when they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were putting people's lives at risk. And so I, I've started telling people, um, you know, one of the most important votes you will cast will be for judges. Do your homework, do your research. Unfortunately, the way the the judicial candidate laws run, the judges can't tell you how they feel about certain issues. They right. can only tell you how they would apply the law. Well, that's that's great. And I want judges that are fair. I want judges that are going to um, come right down the middle of fairness lane. Mm-hmm. But I don't want judges that are going to be more partial to backing the criminal than they are to protecting the victims. And right. um, what I want them to do is hold people accountable for their actions mm-hmm. and everything else will fall into place. Those that are out here that have been arrested for 13, 14, 15 felonies, th- those people, there's only one place for them. And that is locked up behind bars where they can't hurt anyone else. Right. Those that have fallen off the path, and especially we see that a lot right now with the opioid ec- epidemic that's going on. People that have never been involved in drugs in their life have become addicted to this substance. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the ones that we need to try and, and find that path to help. The ones that are peddling the poison, let's put them, put them where they can't do it anymore. And so our judges become an intricate part of that. Um, our judges, from, from the moment they walk into the jail and handle first appearance, the moment they cast the sentence, 
what we need is for them to understand that um, they're here just like I am to protect the citizens of this community, mm-hmm. not not to protect the criminals. We have a very politically active audience uh, for these programs. And uh, so building on what you just said, when they're going into the voting booth and they see, oh, these judges are here on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully they've done their homework ahead of time. And, right. and of course, most of our our audience does. What are some of the things they need to be looking for? You already mentioned some of the qualities that these right. judges should have. But help help the voters to, what's the process of discernment? How do they decide? What, are they, what should they be looking for? What are some of the red flags and so forth? So one of the first things that I always tell people is... Um, uh, when you're when you're electing a judge that's going to be handling criminal cases, um, look and see who the sheriff and the state attorney are supporting for judge, because those those are usually the ones that you want to align with in in that regard. Now, you know, it, it doesn't mean that if the sheriff or the state attorney is not supporting them, that they're not a good candidate. But that's usually a good idea of, of where they're going to fall on the side of justice. Mm-hmm. Um, look for those that have experience in criminal um, uh, cases. Uh, you know, defense attorneys that have done an abundance of criminal cases or prosecutors that have done an abundance of criminal cases know the procedures, uh, the, the procedures of, of the law. Um, you know, now we're divided. We have both um, criminal and circuit or civil judges uh, in there. The civils are going to handle the, the civil matters and, and criminal. But the thing to keep in mind is sooner or later, somebody that's in the civil division may rotate to the criminal division. And so mm-hmm. we want them to be well-rounded. Right. Um, we, we want them to um, be able to demonstrate to us that they they believe that protecting our Constitution is the most important feature they have to possess, the most important character they have to have. Um, because if we lose that, if we lose the four corners of that Constitution, mm-hmm. we have lost as a nation. Yeah. That's what separates us from every other nation in, in the world. Exactly. Um, so we want judges that are going to stand on that. Uh, we want judges. We want people to also understand when you're electing a judge as a county judge, four years from now, that county judge may be a circuit judge. Four years later, they may be a appellate court judge right. and and or a federal judge. And so the growth of their career can strongly impact um, our, our nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they go up. Once they're in the system, they go up the ladder and uh, you, have Absolutely. What, you, you have what you got at the beginning. Right. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. I, and I applaud them for that. That's their career. That's, you know, yeah. just as I wanted to move up in my my career, they they too do. And so mm-hmm. we want to make sure that, you know, and I, I tell some of our, our judicial candidates this all the time. No judge wants to get overturned by an appellate court. Right. That's that's right. a it's big thing. It is. Yeah. It's a big thing for them. But as I've told them, and especially in this community in Brevard County, where we we uh, you know we have zero tolerance for crime, you know that as mm-hmm. well as I do. Um, but especially in this county, but I I would as a judge, I would much rather stand on the steps of the courthouse and say yes, they overturned me, but I exercised on the side of protecting our citizens That's than right. I would to say I've never been overturned. That's right. Um, the citizens will applaud you for exercising on their side, even if the appellate court overturns. Yeah. Once a judge is in place, uh, you know, I mean, obviously the citizens got to keep an eye on what's going on. They either voted for or voted against that judge. What's what's appropriate for citizens to do, you know, once they're in in the midst of this judge judging? Right. So, you know, um, judges run, um, uh, you know, just like I do. I run every four years. They run every six. But when when you look at um, go go look at their rulings, um, 
go go look at um, you know pull up some of the cases. You can go to the clerk of the court's website, mm-hmm. pull up cases, and see how that judge is ruling. See see how they're handling first appearance. If they're giving out really light bonds at first appearance and putting these people, or they're letting them out on their own, you know, their pinky promise to to show back up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's insanity to see some of these people that are put back on our street. Yeah. We we go out and we arrest violent individuals. We go out and we arrest drug dealers that are peddling fentanyl on our streets and they get the first appearance and they're put right back out on the street, Mm -hmm. um, often before we've even finished our report. And so when you're seeing that, that's an automatic no vote from that point forward. Right. Um, Because if, if, you know, everybody's entitled to bond, I'm not saying we shouldn't have bond. We should, again, it's part of our, our constitution. But when, when you look at who's entitled to bond and who's not, when you've been arrested for 26 felonies and you get arrested while you're out on bond for another felony, you need to sit in jail. That's yeah. the only place for you that I can guarantee our citizens are going to be safe. Uh, are safe. And so right. that's, that's, you know, you, unfortunately with the judges, you have to do extensive homework to understand how they're ruling, to understand you know their mindset on it. Um, yeah. and, and again, their, their judicial rules that, that govern them while they're running for office, that govern them, you know, and what they can say out in public um, are very strict. And a lot of them, a lot of our judges want to be vocal. A lot of our judges want to come out and say things, but they're they're bound by their their oath they took. That's and, right. And, and rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, final question while we have you with us and we thank you for your time. The citizens, um, of course, those that are watching that are here in Brevard, they know you. Uh, but speaking to our audience across the country, what can the everyday citizen do to support their sheriffs? Mm-hmm. People in your position, I know you get a lot of support here in our community, and rightfully so, uh, but but encourage our, our, our viewers. How can they encourage uh, people like you? You know, I would say um, Brevard County serves as a model for supporting their law enforcement officers. Uh, and it's not just me as the sheriff. Our chiefs of police here at the various agencies we have, um, they all feel that. They all feel the the love from our community. I've come accustomed to saying that our citizens love us, trust us and protect us just as much as we love, trust and protect them. Mm. And so, you know, one of the one of the best things that you can do for these these brave men and women that are out there every day is to let them know you appreciate them. You know, we were talking a little bit before we we came on about, um, you know, our deputies tell me that they can barely pay for their meals anymore. That's beautiful. Um, You know, whether it's the restaurants, you know, uh, generosity or citizens are lined up two and three deep to mm-hmm. pay for their meals. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it's not just that, it's deputies that tell me they are getting gas in their car and somebody walks up to them and says, I've got your back while you're pumping your gas. Or somebody walks up to them and thanks them. Our school resource deputies, it's on and on and on in Brevard County where citizens stop what they're doing to thank our first responders. And you know, it's the little things. Yeah. that make that difference. It's the little things like that that are drawing people to our community, drawing law enforcement officers to our community, drawing veterans to come join our agency when they finish their military careers. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's it's the little things that do that. I mean, there's always, you know, volunteering and, and helping, you know, support in all the different ways. But it's that little, little thing that where you just stop and you say, thank you. I appreciate you. you know, that's, I, that's what does it. That's the, that's the golden ticket. Yeah. I know you're online. Where can people find you on, uh, on Man, the you internet? Know, you're on Facebook. Oh, uh, we are. Yeah. We're, uh, uh, you can go to brevardsheriff.com, uh, to our website. You can follow us on Facebook. Um, uh, please go, go, um, follow our Facebook page, Brevard County, um, Sheriff Official and also, um, Sheriff Wayne Ivy. Um, the two pages are a little bit different in what we post, but, um, you know, come, come follow us. We do some really, 
uh, fun stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard. You know, it's, a lot of people go, you're having fun in law enforcement. We have a blast. We absolutely love our jobs. I get up every day. I can't wait to put this green uniform yeah, on yeah. and go do the fun stuff we do. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, our jobs are hard. Um, those men and women, I say ours, the, their job is hard. What they're doing out there and in responding to calls and standing in, you know, 101 degree weather and mm -hmm. the things that they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just I'm just so amazed with them and so, so proud of them uh, yeah. to, to think that I get to wear the same uniform that these these brave souls do is just uh, amazing and and truly an honor. But um it's uh it's fun come come watch us come see the things we do and come visit us you'll love brevard county well we thank you for serving us and we are at your service as well and sheriff ivy i want to let you know too all of us at priest for life have you in our daily prayers thank and you, sir. so does that's, our audience that's it thank thanks you, for visiting us absolutely all right and thank you friends we will be back with more in just a moment well, I'm so grateful for the sheriff. You know, it really was a blessing uh, after we did that interview. He spoke to our staff here at Priests for Life and uh, just uh, just a wonderful man. And, and I know that you'll take his words to heart and uh, as you already do, that you'll continue encouraging law enforcement in your communities. I found it interesting. You know, it was his idea that we should talk about judges. And, uh, and it's interesting to see how important uh, judges are to the work of law enforcement. Uh, sometimes we're not thinking about those things in the same thought, but they go together very, very well, as he just explained. And Scripture talks about that very directly, too, that a judge has to be, as he explained, focused on the Constitution and on the protection of the people. Those are the priorities. Had nothing to do with the judge's uh, personal preferences, one way or the other, not being too, too hard, too soft, too quick, too slow. Sober-mindedness rooted in the Constitution, rooted in uh, the commitment to protect the citizens, and, of course, rooted in common sense, because the left lacks all common sense, and they lack a love for this country and its Constitution. But biblically, it's also rooted in the Word of God. And the book of Deuteronomy has a lot to say about judging. I was thinking, for example, of this passage in chapter 16. Uh, let me just read this. And again, in the light of everything the sheriff was just saying. You shall appoint judges and officers in all your towns that the Lord your God is giving you, according to your tribes. And they shall judge the people with righteous judgment. You shall not pervert justice. You shall not show partiality, and you shall not accept a bribe, for a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and subverts the cause of the righteous. Justice, and only justice, you shall follow, that you may live and inherit the land that the Lord your God is giving you. That's Deuteronomy 16, starting with verse 18. What a fabulous passage. Now, if you look at what's going on with, with judges in our country, of course, we have these corrupt Marxist judges that are prosecuting uh, President Trump and attacking the freedom of us all. And you've got defenders of President Trump, which doesn't necessarily mean that they are voters for President Trump. And one of the key examples of that, of course, is uh, law professor and experienced uh, uh, analyst uh, uh, that, uh, Alan Dershowitz, who wrote the book Get Trump. I've talked to you about that. And one of the things he does, not only in his expert constitutional analysis and commentary on things that are happening with this police state and weaponization of government, 
but he invokes scripture as well. In this particular regard of judges needing to be impartial, and there's one verse in particular that I've heard him point to in his commentary, which is Deuteronomy, again from Deuteronomy. And I want you to take note of this and in the explanation that he gives to it and that I will, will echo here. Deuteronomy 117. Mark that down if you would. Deuteronomy 117 says, You shall not be partial in judgment. You shall hear the small and the great alike. You shall not be intimidated by anyone, for the judgment is God's. Okay, you shall not be impartial. Now, you know, with biblical translation, you know, any translation you hear is, is, can be expressed in other ways too, because translation is not, is not mathematics. It doesn't have mathematical precision. Words have nuances. Words have, have uh, many dimensions to them and, uh, some languages have more adequate words to express a certain concept than other languages do into which you might be translating. And uh, so it is very helpful when you want to get a sense of a verse of Scripture to look at what that verse says in multiple translations. So that's what I've done here with Deuteronomy 117. And Professor Dershowitz points this out. Let me read a few different uh, versions of just that one phrase, you shall, not be you shall not be partial in your decision. And then I'm going to get to the last one, which is the most literal one, and then I want to apply it to what's going on with President Trump. Deuteronomy 117. Okay. God's Word translation. Be impartial in your decisions. English Revised Version. You shall not respect persons in judgment. Lady Justice is blindfolded, right? We've talked about this before. Why? Because who it is in front of her, who it is in front of the court, who it is whose actions we are weighing in the scales of justice and in comparison to the laws and the Constitution, who it is shouldn't matter. You should just be able to hear the case. And isn't that interesting? We use that word. When we say a, a case is going to go in front of a court, what do we say? That the justices are going to, what do we say? That they're going to see the case? No. That they're going to view the case? No. We always say they're going to hear the case. Because you should be able to hear a case justly, even if you're blind. In fact, it's better if they wear a blindfold, literally. And they don't even know who the person is. Because it's a matter of looking at the, not the person, but the actions of the person. Vis-a-vis -vis what? Vis-a-vis -vis not what we think about who the person is, or how powerful they are, or how weak they are, or how influential they are, or what color of skin they have, or any other political category or any other category. It shouldn't matter at all. It's the actions of the person vis-a-vis -vis the law. So again, let me go through these translations. Be impartial in your decisions. You shall not respect persons in judgment. There shall be no difference of persons. There's another translation from Douay Reims. No difference of persons. Well, we know that persons are different. So what it's saying is the judge is not supposed to take that into account. Contemporary English version. Listen to this. It doesn't matter if one is helpless and the other is powerful. That's obviously a looser translation, but it gets to the meaning. And here is the literal standard version, and this is what Professor Dershowitz has brought out. Listen to this translation. 
You do not discern faces in judgment. You do not discern faces in judgment. We all know the famous mugshot. Mugshot heard around the world of President Donald J. Trump. If he weren't Donald Trump, would have even ha- would, there, would there have even been a mugshot? Would there have even been a case? No, because it's all fake charges. It's all based on fake imagined imagine, imagine versions of the law. Some people say, oh, nobody's above the law. The, the fact is there's no law here. He hasn't broken any law. They can't even say what law he broke. So ridiculous. The whole thing is so ridiculous. You shall not discern faces. Ah, but that's exactly what's happening when it comes to what's going on with President Trump and with you and me. And with you and me. Last night we saw that police state film.net trailer movie coming out next month. Police state, Dinesh D'Souza, Dan Bongino. Be careful. Because we're next. President Trump is literally right. They're not coming after me. They're coming after you. I'm just standing in the way. Mark those words. That's why we have to be vigilant and win these elections. Now, we're being vigilant in another way, and I'll conclude on this tonight. As you saw, Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, whatever you may think of his uh, role, his leadership, he's moving forward with an impeachment inquiry. So I want to thank all of you because we were calling on you in previous shows to call the Capitol switchboard and to call the Speaker's office, and I know you did it. You called the Speaker's office and you said, we want an impeachment inquiry. Now notice, an inquiry is different from an actual impeachment. The inquiry gives the Congress access to more information, gives them more power to uncover what they are investigating. So this is one of the good things that's happening because there's been enough evidence. There's mountains of evidence of a number of different things I want to read here for you as we conclude that the speaker is pointing to that justifies this action of Congress. This, unlike what the Democrats did to President Trump, where there was no crime and there was no evidence and there was nothing but their political hatred, there was nothing there. In fake impeachment number one and fake impeachment number two, there was nothing there except Trump derangement syndrome. Here we've got something substantial. Let me read what uh, McCarthy said. Through our investigations, we found out that President Biden, Biden did lie about his own knowledge of his family's foreign business dealings. These are allegations of abuse of power, obstruction, and corruption, and they warrant further investigation by the House of Representatives. Listen, the House of Representatives, we elected them to govern. Investigating is part of governing because then it uncovers the need maybe to add other provisions into the law. So he could have required a vote of the House in order to proceed with an impeachment investigation. He didn't do that. He utilized his own authority to act. That's significant. Of course, the Democrats did the same thing under lunatic Pelosi. Um, So he can't be blamed for doing that same thing. It's within his rights. It's not something that's, it's no, uh, uh, you know, overreach of power. But what did he say has to be, uh, what, what are the allegations? Biden lied to the American people about having no knowledge of Hunter's business dealings. 
He referenced bank records, which indicate that $20 million from foreign firms went into shell companies and eventually was paid out to 10 members of the Biden clan. And then third, as vice president, Biden was coordinating with Hunter and his associates in regard to Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company, that paid Hunter Biden millions of dollars allegedly for access to and influence over Joe Biden. And we've discussed on this program, and Dick Morris is going to bring out in his book, The Biden Corruption Family, uh, the things that Biden gave back to these foreign entities. I mean, we know about the money coming to him, but what did they get from him? That's a very important question, and we've answered that question, and Dick Morris answers that question very well in his book. Friends, look, the bottom line is very simple. we got to vote this guy out of office. This guy or any Democrat, we got to vote them out of office. The presidency has to get back into Republican hands. And we respect everybody's choice in the primaries, but it's my conviction we've got to get that man back into that office, President Donald Trump. So we'll talk more about all this, as the, of course, as the impeachment inquiry proceeds. Pay close attention. Educate your... Now's the time. Listen, we've got some time here, but we've got to treat this as election time right now. Not the t- don't think about the election is coming. It's here, but we've got some time here to educate our fellow citizens. But we got to be working hard on this every single day. Whatever way you can, get your fellow citizens convinced that we've got to get these Democrats out of power. Simple as that. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to choose our leaders here in America. While we still have that freedom, Lord, let us exercise it because the best way to defend it is indeed to exercise it without fear. Lord, protect us. Lest that freedom be taken away, protect us. Give us grace, strength, wisdom, and the ability to influence one another. Lord, we bring before you all the needs of all our all our viewers, and we we come before you now to offer the prayer that that Jesus gave us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks so much, friends, for not only joining this program, but uh, getting others to know about it as well. Listen, connect with us at our main website. We welcome your involvement with our ministry, endabortion.us, endabortion.us. That's our mission. That's our ministry. And we ask you to support our ministry too, prolifegift.org, prolifegift.org. So, so important. We're going to save this nation and save the unborn. We're going to advance the kingdom of God. So thanks for your help in all of those ways. We're praying for you all the time, and we will talk to you soon. Hi, this is Dr. Teresa Burke, founder of Rachel's Vineyard and pastoral associate of Priest for Life. Many of you pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Did you know that this prayer was given to Sister Faustina, especially because of the sin of abortion? God revealed to her that because of this evil, the world needs His mercy more than ever. He even permitted Sister Faustina to suffer special pains representing the pain of abortion. As you thank God for divine mercy, please pray for the many people who seek forgiveness 
from abortion by coming to Rachel's Vineyard, which operates in partnership with Priests for Life, and it's the largest ministry in the world for healing after abortion. Not only do we provide retreats, but we also enable people to make the long journey of healing through various forms of individual counseling. May God's mercy come to all. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.